Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Scott here alongside Cody Jansen today on Oilers Now, which is brought to you, as always, by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Going to talk some Elks and some Oil Kings in the final half hour of the show, uh, but plenty to get to before that. You want to keep in touch, you can do so on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. I remember they've got that show, the Hotel California, the Eagles tribute band tonight at the River Cree. Excitement, bet on it. 780-496-0063 is also the Ashley Fine Floors text line. You can get the new floors you've always wanted with Ashley Fine Floors. 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, open Monday to Saturday. We are on Twitter as well, at Oilers Now. Uh, I am at Brendan Escott. That's Brendan with an E. And Cody is at Janner31 underscore. You know our next guest as Sportsnet Spec on Twitter. Mark Spector brought to you by the horses, Horse Racing Alberta, who present live thoroughbred racing at Century Mile every Friday and Saturday, post time, 5.15 p.m. You can always watch watch and uh, wager online as well. HPIBet.com. Spec, how are you doing today? Oh, pretty fair, Brennan. How's the show going? Oh, not too bad. We're uh, navigating some rougher waters. I mean, it's certainly not a, a spectacular time to be, uh, you know, in the hockey world, I would say. It's a certain amount of frustration and devastation, I think, that everybody's experiencing right now. But uh, you know what? Uh, what is surprising me most, especially after this morning and what was determined on uh, Kevin Chevel Day off spec, is that every character involved in this seems to have been receiving a different level of um, a level of punishment or a level of accountability that sort of thing are you noticing sort of the same thing and and do you see a problem with that well i guess i would say that at at some point like i I would try to wear gary bettman's shoes a little bit when i would think that you know at some point you have to decide who were the people that could have affected the situation and who were expected to affect the situation 
in the right way? Who are the people in whose jobs descriptions, you know, touched what should have happened here? You know, so there's two sides to this thing. Like Kevin Chevaldeoff, in my opinion, he was a minnow in that organization. If yeah. if you draw the line below Kevin Chevaldeoff and say he is included on, as somebody who really should have made sure that this was handled differently, I don't think Jonathan Taves is is. I think he's above Kevin Chevaldeoff's level. I think the the leaders on on the ice wearing the sweaters, frankly we're more in a position to do things than Kevin Chevaldeoff. So I know this won't be a popular opinion, but I, I feel like so many people dropped the ball before it got to Kevin Chevaldeoff's pay grade at that time in that organization. And he left the organization, so you can't even say to him, why didn't you fix this over the next few years? Because he wasn't there. So honestly, I don't have a huge issue with how the Chevaldeoff's role in this whole thing was viewed. Uh, that's not to say, you know, to me, there's just, you know, it, by the time it got to Kevin Chevaldeoff's pay grade, Brendan, the ball had been dropped so many times there was barely a ball to drop anymore. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and to me, <clears throat> where I get caught up, Spec, is, is everybody in that room and and the assessment of, of what was going on and what was debated in that room when they decided as senior management, as it's been determined, um, yeah. what to do or what not to do moving forward. So, you know, I, I really believe that if that was the if that was the nature of that conversation, that they probably would have been doing a lot on other levels to try and keep this out of the room, uh, at least while the playoffs were going on. So, you know, I, I'm sure that they didn't know at that time, but if the summer and the celebration afterwards, and that's where things started to matriculate down through the organization. And then I see where, you know, Taves is a little more culpable. And I also don't think he did himself a ton of favors in the way that they handled it in the media, but it's a tough subject. It is, but Jonathan Taves didn't, you know, I thought there's a couple things. I almost never agree with John Tortorella, but I haven't heard anyone say it differently than, than Torts did when he said, I can't believe that among all those people, one person didn't stand up and say, hold on here. We've got to do a better job with this, right? I, I, Torts is right, and I can't say it better than he said it. There's a lot of people, there's, there's a bunch of guys around that table there was a bunch of other people in that organization. There was just how could somebody in all of those people not stand up and do the right thing? I don't know. The other thing that I wrote today was, you know, I get how the players, it was, it was actively kept from the, from the players during that 2010 Stanley Cup final. And, and you know, I understand that I, I, uh, I don't expect them to a, you know, they were trying to win a cup. I could see how that would be outside their purview during that month period or whatever it was. But it's been 10 years, right? There's, there's literally been 10 years. I know that, that Kyle Beach hasn't played in that organization for 10 years, but when I hear, you know, listen, Duncan Keith said to us the other day, he said, if it happened now, I'd speak up. If it happened now, I would, uh, I, someone should, should do something and I'd be a guy who would do something, and I respect that. But none of those guys upon hearing a rumor, whether Jonathan Taze heard it at training camp or someone heard it the next year, none of those guys reached out to Kyle beach. None of those guys went to Stan Bowman and said, Stan, what is going on here? I want the full story, not some rumor on a sidewalk outside the Sutton place hotel. None of those players and nor Joel Quenville, frankly, took care of that guy, the dressing room, right? 
The organization failed Kyle Beach. We know that for sure. But the dressing room, and I'm talking Patty Kane, I'm talking Patrick Sharp, I'm talking Marion Osa, I'm talking Duncan Keith, those guys failed this player. None of those guys reached out, dug in, looked for the information, tried to find out what was happening. They all fluffed it off. It's 10 years later now, and all of them are saying, geez, it's really too bad. None of them thought it was too bad to dig in on this thing a decade ago. Well, I guess, you know, what I would say to that is it's when they, my understanding from the report is that it was assumed by the players that it was handled. And maybe that's where they figured it was probably easier in the position that they were in not to, you know, pick apart the scab and dig a little bit further. You know, they're hockey players. They're not investigative journalists in that sense. So that that's what I would say, you know, to that end of it. But obviously it's a lot easier when you're 10 years more mature and you know in a, in a much different stage of your career and and frankly with hockey in a much different stage that it's at right now um to be you know it's 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 a tough again i say to be asking or answering questions in the context of now about how things would have been handled at that point or could have or should have and yeah. I, I worry about the culture that was in the organization at the time where nobody felt like they could take it to that next level where it would be done or dealt with right so well, i don't think that the players are responsible there for a culture where the players don't feel like they can bring it forward or it won't or it'll be addressed appropriately yeah you know you you hit on something there this john mcdonough is noted as a as a as a the kind of a quote-unquote leader that called the shots and didn't ask questions right didn't want help uh i'm told he would dig into files that were well beneath his pay grade or purview and make decisions for departments that really didn't need John McDonough making the decision, but he was a boss. Everybody knew he was the boss. So I, a lot of things I get when John McDonough left that meeting and told everyone, I got this thing, stay out of it. When John McDonough said that, and you work for the Blackhawks, that's what you did. So, uh, you know, there's a little leniency there, but there's the human side of this thing, yeah. right? Let's face it. That rumor bounced around that organization for the next several years a lot of people in the organization knew Kyle Beach. And I've refused to believe that they were talking about John Doe in that organization. I, knowing hockey people and how it works, his name would have been bouncing around there. And I just think that someone along the way, you know, have you ever had a colleague that lost his job, maybe even at a different station, and maybe you wait a day or two and then you phone him up and go, hey, how you doing, man? You doing okay? How's it going for you? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's a completely different example. I understand that. But at some point, nobody phones Kyle Beach and says, hey, man, how are you? How's it going? What's happening here? You know, what am I hearing? Am I hearing the truth? Am I not hearing the truth? What's going on in your life? No one could do that. No one did that. And that, I'll tell you what, today we're in a different world. I think it would happen. But it surely did not happen then in Chicago. Yeah, and it, again, a different time. And I think that, you know, strength in numbers, right? If there was two or three players that kind of banded together and said, hey, Kyle, you're, you're acting really strange. Is there anything we can do to, you know, to help you out? What, whatever the case may be, maybe that would have been an environment in which he felt a little bit better about it. But, let you know, without belaboring the point too much, I think that transparency on behalf of the league and how it's dealt with here on out is going to be absolutely paramount in rebuilding the trust. Because the, the fan base and even 
even those who you know either aren't hockey fans and those who like to take you know the pot shots online anytime something like this happens or if you are a hockey fan completely invested in this you know this is not a good look for the league it's not a good look for sport i don't think it's exclusive to hockey culture that this happened but you know moving forward what can the league do to prioritize you know it's sort of a healthier image or culture or all of that around well i think you know i agree with the many voices i've heard this week who would say to you that this isn't just a hockey problem it's a cultural it's our it's a problem in our world and in our culture right don't you know hockey has its issues there's no doubt about it but this is something that's that's everywhere and involved in everything so i would say to you that you know all we can hope is that that phone call that it didn't occur to people to make 10 years ago i think it today it occurs more and i think i think that people need to you know i think when you surely a rumor like that flying around today needs to be I mean, you can talk i heard elliot and, I, and I, I thought what he said was wise about we need some kind of an actual regulations who's getting fined what why was there no draft pick i'm going on a different end of that i'm going on the human end of this I think when we hear something like that now, some goofy rumor where we're used to slough it off and think it's none of my business, you know, maybe maybe make it your business a little bit, right? Maybe it's time for us to all, and whether you're a, a radio guy or a sports writer or a hockey player or a plumber, you know, when you hear something, whether whichever, you know, whatever we're talking about, sexual abuse, misogyny, you name it, maybe we need to make a phone call. Maybe we need to dig in. Maybe you need to stop the conversation that Jonathan Taze was having with that group of players outside the hotel on the sidewalk. Say, hold, hold on here. What are you saying? What happened here? Well, back up, right? Make this clear to me. What's going on? And maybe that's where we're at. Is we're, I think we're more likely to dig in on these things today than we were 10 years ago. I don't think we're there yet completely, but to me, that's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. We have to not let this stuff slide away as a funny joke or a little rumor or something. What, what, what did you say? What's going on here? We need to ask more questions, and I hope that we do. Absolutely. And I don't think that there's a single player. Here's how I would look at it. Even if you don't want to admit that you knew, even if you didn't know, you were not surprised when you heard that was Kyle Beach, if you were a member of the Blackhawks in 2010. You weren't surprised, right? Because you would right. have heard at some point over the course of this going on, right? Oh, I heard you, something about that. Maybe Beach, you know, maybe the guy. So, yeah, yeah, I think that actually taking that kind of thing a lot more seriously is is going to be, uh, you know, paramount. Um, I we wish can that- punish after the fact and take away draft picks and fire more people, right? We could do all those things. Wouldn't it be nice if we got to these things before the fact? Yeah. Uh, you know, wouldn't that be nice, right? If we if we tried to head these things off in the past uh, a little more than we are at this point. Chatting with Mark Spector for the horses, horse racing Alberta right now. We do have a game coming up tomorrow night. Let's get a couple thoughts on that. Uh, a game on Wednesday that they pl- they played well enough to win. They just really didn't, you know, finish some of those tap in goals. But the effort mm-hmm. was there. Uh, the goaltending wasn't. 
Mark, and I know it's frustrating to see you had the cute tweet about him turning into a pumpkin there and in the midst of that game. I'm worried because it's the same types of goals, the soft goals that are sort of beating Koskinen that always have, and that's just cementing his status in my mind as a guy who's a backup, not even necessarily a 1B at this point of his career. He's a backup, and when you start starting a backup three or four games in a row, maybe that's the performance you're going to get. Well, listen, it is. Miko Koskinen played fabulous for two and a half games. He he came in when Mike Smith wasn't that good against Anaheim, held the fort, they won that game, right? Then what did he play? Did he play both those back-to-backs? Those are next to him. Am I missing a game in there? I don't think so. No, he did Arizona and Vegas. Yeah, and he did Arizona and, and won them both and gave them stellar goaltending in both games. So that's a 150-some minutes of hockey. And find me a backup in the NHL that just keeps it going. There's a reason they're calling you a backup, Brendan, because you're not a number one. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, Miko's a backup, right? And to my eye, he's a, he's an all right backup, and he just proved he proved it in the short term by giving you two and a half games that you won. You you won. He got three W's in a row because he played well enough to win. So sure, he let in two lousy goals against Philly. I've been watching Jake Allen be the number one in Montreal this season. Guess what? Jake Allen's a pretty average number one. You know, he's a hell of a good backup behind Carey Price. Yeah. But so, you know, don't ask a, a man. Don't. It's it's like any time we we grab a third liner, you grab Zach Cassian or Josh Archibald, and you say there's an injury, go play with Connor McDavid, and they give you a good game, maybe two, but it fades away because they're not first line players. And Nico Koskinen's a good backup. He's not a number one. So. It's my, I'm guessing right now that Mike Smith practiced today. Uh, if he's feeling good, he's going to take the skate tomorrow and he's going to play tomorrow night. I don't think that Dave Tippett will continue to run Koskinen out if Smith is ready uh, to play hockey and start play 60 minutes tomorrow. Well, I got the sense from Bob that it might be Koskinen's last kick at the can here with the start on tomorrow night's game. And that was because Skinner and Smith split the, the duties out there for the length of the practice, at least according to what the oh. big guys said. So, hey, I'm not, I'm not refuting Bob. No. I guess <laughs> I'll, let me clarify my point. If Smith is healthy yeah. and ready to play and able to play, in my opinion, he will play. Absolutely. If he's not quite ready, well, of course he won't play. Then then they'll hand the ball, uh, the net to Miko for sure. <laughs> Agreed with that. Now, last thing I want to talk to you about, uh, Kyler Yamamoto, we know the, the goal production hasn't been there. This year, the point production hasn't really been there. Maybe a bit of hard luck behind that. I think his spot on that second line has been mm, safer than it usually has been because Cassian was gelling so well on that third line. But that's one area the right wing we haven't seen the coaching staff mix up do you think that if Yamamoto's struggles continue we could see him fall down the lineup or do you imagine him getting it together before then uh well one of the two things are going to happen I, I can't see him having this lack of production uh, over the next five six seven ten games and, and keeping that spot uh, he's buffered by the fact that, you know, in a normal year on a normal team, you'd take your third line right winger and you'd move him up. But the Cassian Fogel Ryan line is, is exactly what this team needs, exactly what they envision coming out of camp. They're not messing that lineup, Brandon, right? I think we're all in agreement there. Mm-hmm. So now we're looking down. Okay, is, is Kyle Turris going to be better than Yamamoto? I mean, you know, he's not as good a skater, he's not as dogged a checker, he doesn't free up pucks for dry saddle. Uh, sure, would he score more given the chances? I'll bet you he would, but I don't see Kyle Turris as a long-term answer there. Uh, in my opinion, in le- they're not making any trades anytime soon, so in my opinion what could happen, Brendan, is 
you know, if they really decide, okay, we're got to move Yamamoto down, we need more production on that line, I could see Hyman moving over to the right side and bringing up, a, you know, whether it's a Perlini, whether it's a Benson, um, you know, somebody on the left side, maybe they feel like they have a guy to fill in. Maybe, uh, you know, if, if Benson gets a chance to play, and proves that he can, you know, gets a, gets into the coach's lineup. Maybe he's the guy. But right now on right wing, I just don't see the player that I look at and go, oh, that guy's way better than Yamamoto. They don't really have that guy. So that's held Yamamoto in a in a spot that, frankly, he really hasn't been earning the last 30 games or so. And he is the type of player who can earn that spot without scoring, but even that's been lacking a little bit. So we'll see if the spark yeah. plug gets reignited <laughs> on Saturday. Spec, you're uh, down in Vancouver for that. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That one, aren't you? First road trip of uh, since March of 2020, my friend. I got a suitcase uh, packed here, and I'm going to the airport not long after this conversation. I haven't, haven't been there for almost two years, my friend. Okay, well, you enjoy <laughs> it. So try and dodge the raindrops and enjoy Saturday's game as well, okay? All right, thanks, Brendan. Thanks, Peck. Mark Spector for the horses, Horse Racing Alberta. It's Brendan Escott with you today on Oilers Now. We're back in a minute. Brendan Escott here, and you already know that cars cost less in Wetaskiwin, but did you know that Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin are 10-time President's Award winners for customer satisfaction? What does that mean? It means that they treat people fairly, have fully transparent negotiations, and make sure that advertised prices include all accessories, fees, and tax except for GST. If you are uh, valuing those attributes, phone our friends, Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at 1-877-477-3673 or visit brentridge.com. Back after a global news weather traffic update with head coach of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Brad Lauer. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.